Awesome. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Reverend Cassandra Ray, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock, and we're an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in the Lower Mainland, South Surrey, White Rock area of British Columbia, Canada. And we practice and teach tools for transformation, authentic self-expression, and conscious living. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're struggling or soaring or a combination of both, <laughs> there is a place for you here. And as we begin our time together today, I respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the unceded traditional territory of the Coast Salish nations, including Kwikwetlem, Tisleiwatooth, and Stalo nations. And now let us ground our time together in truth and in the heart. I invite you to turn within for a moment. And just taking a breath. I take a moment to recognize the beauty and the power of this ever-present moment recognizing that it is an unfoldment of the source itself, this one life, this one consciousness of harmony, of peace, of love. I know that it is infinite, eternal, always present, giving all of itself to each and every one of us. And so in this moment, I accept and recognize this gift of life. I recognize that I myself am an expression of the divine. And as I know this of me, I also know this of each one here today, that the divine is expressing through each one here, each one is a divine purpose unfolding an answer to a divine prayer. And so what I know of this time together is that it is a connection rooted in the power of truth of our own individual power and of our collective shared divinity. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for each one that is here, for all that is ready to be known and celebrated. I'm grateful for the ways in which spiritual principle opens the mind and the heart to new empowering ideas. And I'm so grateful that, that healing is available and ready in a moment. That's something that might have been, have been, uh, stirring or moving over time that in a moment it is clear and there is an, an experience of love. I am so grateful for every gift that is given and received this day. What a blessing it is to be in the presence of one another, remembering the truth of who and what we are. It is with this gratitude, with this grace, with this enthusiasm that I rest in this knowing 
that I release these words that have been spoken through me into that divine law of mind that has already said yes. And I simply live into the unfoldment of this time together, letting it be, and so it is. Yeah, fantastic. Looking back on your life, what are the relationships that have made you who you are? And who are the people who've had a profound impact on you? I really want you to, to take a moment right now as we move into this talk to consider relationships that have deeply impacted you including the ones that have been supportive and uplifting and also the ones that have been more difficult and challenging so think about relationships from your upbringing as well as present day relationships and if you have a notebook or journal, if you're taking notes today, go ahead and make a list right now of the relationships that have contributed to who you are today. I did this when I was preparing for today and I immediately wrote down dozens of names simply, you know, just off the top of my head. And I was surprised uh, at how many just were rolling off my pen onto my paper. And, and I started to question, like, what if every person you've ever known has impacted who you've become? Now, this, like, blows my mind. <laughs> Because we don't often think about the role that people play in shaping our lives. And yet, all of the relationships in your life, for better or worse, have contributed to who you've become. Our book of the month for August is this little gem right here. I love it so much. It's called Everyday Ubuntu. Living Better Together the African Way by Mungi Ngomane. Now, Ngomane is the granddaughter of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So, Reverend Tutu was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1984 and is known for his anti apartheid activism in South Africa. He was appointed the chair of South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, where he pioneered a brand new way for countries to move forward after experiencing civil conflict and oppression. And in the foreword of Everyday Ubuntu, which he wrote for his granddaughter, he tells us that Ubuntu is Africa's greatest gift to the world and explains to us what it is. And here's what he says. He says, the lesson of Ubuntu is best described in a proverb that is found in almost every African language. 
whose translation is, a person is a person through other persons. The fundamental meaning of the proverb is that everything we learn and experience in the world is through our relationships with other people. We are therefore called to examine our actions and thoughts, not just for what they will achieve for us, but for how they impact on others with whom we are in contact. Wow. Yeah. Ubuntu is what guided, inspired and guided this process of dismantling apartheid in South Africa applied to an entire region, huge communities of different cultures and people. And it, it is that powerful. Ubuntu is cultural, religious, political. It is all of those things wrapped up together. And I think we need all of those things wrapped up together for an answer to today's, today's issues. They apply to right here, to what we're experiencing today. And I don't know about you, but I was not raised with this idea of a person is a person through other persons. That sounds foreign to me. And our, our Western culture tends to focus on the individual and individual success and and what that means like when you meet people at a party people aren't asking you what's your role in our community <laughs> they don't ask you that do they they ask you what do you do uh, so it's interesting how this focus on the individual uh, is is just is permeated through everything that we do even when you think about um helping children learn, right? Uh, like if a, children, a child is not passing a class, you, you, we tend to look at, well, what is the issue with that child? What if we were asking, and I think progressive educators do this, they start to look at, well, what, can, what in the community can support this, this child's learning, right? And we do this even in our spiritual uh, community, our spiritual path. We tend to focus on learning spiritual principles and practices for the individual uh, so that you can heal your body, so that you can have healthier finances, so that you can find meaningful work or um, a romantic partner, right? We tend to even look at our spirituality through this lens of the individual. And yet, we do do this in community, right? Because learning and growing requires support. So I want you to also think for a moment, you know, about who has shaped your spiritual journey. Like, think about the books that you've read, what teachers you've learned from, you've taken classes from them, and, and what ministers and practitioners have held space for you individually. You know, an essential part of our spiritual journey here at the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock is understanding that God isn't this force 
outside of you over there who's, or maybe let's say up there, right? God isn't this force up there looking down on you and judging you for all of your shortcomings and then deciding whether or not, you know, you're worthy of, you know, eternal damnation or eternal heaven, right? That's, this is a huge part of who we are is to actually dispel that myth. And our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes said, our starting point is to recognize God at the center of our own being, to have faith in this divine presence within us, and to have an equal faith in the divine in everyone else. We must come to see that God is the one eternal presence in everyone and in everything. And we must learn to think from this basis. Yeah, that is my daily endeavor. To recognize God right inside of me, to recognize God right inside of you, and to have equal faith in myself and in you, and that this eternal presence is actually in back of everything and everyone. And so it's okay. And it's going to be okay. Like this is my faith practice. And I will tell you that it has been harder lately, <laughs> right? It has been harder for me since, what was it, March 15th? March 16th was day number one. I think I'm, we're at about now day 140 or something like that. Yes, I am counting the days. <laughs> I am. I am. And oh, it has been challenging. And yet Ubuntu teaches how to think from this basis the basis that Dr. Holmes set out. Ngomane writes that Ubuntu recognizes the infinite worth of everyone, starting with yourself. This is a great place to start. And imagine for a moment, if you recognized the infinite worth of yourself, would you treat yourself differently? Think about how, what you might do differently if you fully recognized the infinite worth of yourself. And what if you recognized the infinite worth of everyone else in life, from those you care about the most to those you don't even know? Would you treat them differently? And what if you fully recognized the infinite worth of someone that you have a conflict with. Would that change how you navigate that conflict? Now, I, I, in all transparency, knowing my worth has been a huge challenge of mine throughout my entire life. You see, one of my earliest memories, I, in fact, it's hard for me to even remember not having this memory, is of my grandmother 
telling me, why can't you be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy? So from a very young age, I learned that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. I was the wrong race. For those of you who don't know me well yet, I'm, um, my father is a Nupiak from Alaska, native Alaskan, and my mom is white. And this is my maternal grandmother who was also white. And so I learned that I was the wrong, wrong race and the wrong gender. Now, these were flaws that I tried desperately to compensate for in my life. And the interesting thing about trying to compensate for who you are is that that process has a way of hurting yourself. Yes, I hurt myself deeply trying to prove that I was good enough. I did some really cool things too, and I hurt myself in that process. And it never worked. The, 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 the things I did to compensate for that never added up to me feeling like I was enough. So this inaccurate message of my wrongness has taken up a lot of mental and emotional space in my life thus far. And you know what? Trauma has a way of doing that. Trauma has a way of taking up mental, emotional space. And this is where our spiritual principles and practices can bring healing to our experience. Not by denying what we've been through, but by loving you through your human experience. By bringing forth this truth of your infinite worth right next to this idea of your wrongness. You know, each one of us has our own version of that. What was your version? What did you pick up along the way about why you weren't enough or why you were wrong or why you needed to prove that you were worthy or valuable or okay? Right? We each have our own, this is part of our human existence. And so our spirituality has a way of bringing forth that inner presence of the divine, bringing it forth right to any pain that you might feel. And it brings a loving presence to it. And Ubuntu teaches us that absolutely everyone on earth is of equal value. That each one of us is enough. And that we are no better or no worse than anyone else. So as such, everyone deserves to be treated with humanity, is what Ngomane says. And so when I apply this to myself, I see that I spent so many years believing that I was fundamentally wrong. And now is the time to practice believing that I am fundamentally right. And I do, I have some making up to do, I do. And so I hope you will join me on this, of this practice of believing that you are fundamentally 
right. And Ubuntu is here to help us. You see, Ubuntu was a driving force in bringing an end to apartheid in South Africa. Now, Engomane tells us that apartheid was a harsh and institutionalized system of racial segregation where until 1994, black and white people were forced to lead completely separate lives. And she also makes a very important distinction in the introduction of everyday Ubuntu. She says, the anti-apartheid movement was never an anti-white struggle, but instead was a struggle for all South Africans to be seen and treated as equal. Now, this is a powerful shift in perspective, right? Because this completely applies to what's happening today in North America with our own race relations. It's not about being anti-white or anti-police. It's about everyone being seen, being safe, and treated as equal. Now that has a completely different feeling tone to it, right? And I wanna just point out too that each one of us also segregates certain parts of ourselves out that says, this part of me is not acceptable. And so we're doing this internal and external um, reimagining of having a place for all parts of ourselves and having a place for each other. And I just, I want to admit here that I spent many years being angry and judging my grandmother for the racism and discrimination that I experienced in my family, very formative relationship. And I wanna just say that that anger was appropriate. That anger that I felt was telling me that I was believing an inaccurate message. So without that anger, I might not have ever done the work that I needed to do to have a different understanding of myself. So again, how do we make space for anger? How do we allow for anger in our spiritual process? And one thing that I have learned very distinctly lately is that the judgment I felt simply kept me protected from the pain. So I want to say that again because it's so crucial here in moving forward. The judgment I felt masked the pain I felt. Instead of feeling the pain of these hurtful statements that someone very important to me said, I could judge her as bad, evil, and wrong, and then I didn't have to face my pain. And I could have stayed in that space my entire life because I'm justified, right? I have valid reasons to stay in that place. But how does that serve me? How does that impact my life? 
so I just want to say here that I had to feel the pain of her words before I could let them go. That this was a crucial part of the process. Feeling my pain in a safe environment with loving people, and I will say both personal relationships like friends and family and professional people like therapists, life coaches, ministers, and practitioners. I've had to have people hold space for me and witness my pain as part of not only letting the, 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 the lie that I'm not good enough, letting that lie go, but also diffusing the power she had over me. You see, as long as I was stuck in the anger and the judgment, she had a lot of power over me. But I'll tell you what, the healing process of feeling it, letting it go, and stepping into a new belief system, her words no longer have the same influence over me that they once had. They don't have the weight that they used to have. And we're actually going to delve into this a little bit deeper this month as we continue to explore Ubuntu. But for today, I want to highlight one of the first lessons in the book uh, to help you on your path, and that is to see yourself in other people. So Ngomane says, if we are able to see ourselves in other people or experience in our experience in the world, we'll inevitably be richer, kinder, and a more connected one. So if we look at others and see ourselves reflected back, we inevitably treat people better. And so this means also treating yourself better. And this, there is a flow uh, to transformation. Sometimes it's hearing a new perspective that opens your mind and opens doors of possibility for you. Sometimes it's feeling that pain in a healthy way that opens new doors and possibilities for you. So it's, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, it's that, that question. For each one of us, it's simply this dance, this step of entertaining a new idea and trying something new and then being present with our individual humanity, our shared humanity, and also being present with our divinity. You see, you are so loved. The the things that had to happen in order to bring you into this life are infinite. They can't be counted. And who you are is beautiful. There is divine perfection in who you are. And it is our calling in this world, in this lifetime, to bring that forward. Now imagine if I still believed what my grandmother had told me, that I'm less than because I'm not white, or that I'm less than because I'm not a man. Where would I be? 
I don't think I'd be here with you today, right? Where will you be when any false belief that is running around in your heart or your mind is healed and has no more power over you? Where would you be? What would you do? How might your life change? I'm gonna close today with a homework assignment. Yay! (laughs) I love giving you an assignment. Why? Because the true power in any spiritual principle is when you practice it. That's the power. That's the secret of the power of principle. It's when you practice it. And so in this first lesson, Ngomane gives us an assignment. Seeing yourself in others. Literally, when you're moving through the world this week, practice seeing yourself in everyone you come across. People that you live with, people that you see in the elevator or on the street or the clerk who helps you at the grocery store, practice seeing yourself in them. What do you have in common? And can you at minimum see your shared humanity? Can you see their divinity? Practice seeing it today in yourself and in others. And part of what stops us from doing this, like I shared earlier, is judgment. And so literally, Ngomane gives us an assignment, a practice in her book that says, notice your judgments, feel them, and quietly let them go. Mm, It's powerful. Here's what she says about judgment. When we pass judgment on other people, we become blind and limit our opportunities. Judgments serve no purpose other than to cast others into roles that are likely to be inaccurate as you create a narrative with no foundation of truth. Judging others shuts down our capacity for compassion and increases our isolation. That's a big one. We all do it. But Ubuntu tells us it won't bring joy. For one day, try to observe without judgment and quietly let negative thoughts go. There you have it. For one day, try to observe without judgment and quietly let negative thoughts go. Wow. as we come to a close here. Just want to send you some love right where you're at with all the glory and all the pain that you might feel right now, everything in your entire experience, just sending you love from me to you. And the more we can share our humanity, 
and embrace our divinity, the more we can be Ubuntu in the world, lighting a way for healing, for connection, and for transforming any and all conflict. Truly, even the solutions to this world's biggest problems, they begin in the hearts and minds of individuals just like you, just like me. So let's practice our spiritual principles this week, knowing that something good is about to happen. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.